today may be the simplest of all the six weeks of Why Church. Um, it's not an overly complicated passage, and it's not an overly complicated delivery even. I don't think it's just, the truth is, I think it may be the hardest to be. I think it may be the hardest to actually be. Because the reality is, if you learn new things and it's easy to just take two steps and do it, then this is awesome. But I believe this thing that we're going to talk about today is so extremely difficult because it, it's how the enemy attacks us constantly. And it's what I believe is the easiest thing to do to keep you from living your fullest life in Jesus. I don't have to make you bad. I do not have to make you bad if I was your enemy. I just have to make you distracted and then mad at the people that you're supposed to be running with. And eventually, you'll tear yourself apart. It's quiet, but it, but it will get louder. I believe y'all will go with me in a second. So just in review, the whole purpose of why church is that God has called us to build a house. He said, the foolish man builds his house on the sand. The wise man builds his house on the rock. Jesus our cornerstone is our rock. We build the foundation on him. He is the whole purpose. But each one of us in our local congregations, but watch this, this ties into every part of you because it is not just your local congregation where you worship. And this is a house that worships Jesus together, but also you personally, in your home, in your home, wherever you live, with the people that live in your home together, it is a house being built up. And so the way that we build the house is not by taking, these are fake bricks, I hope y'all know that, but not by building these and, and, and wood and all these other things, but it's, it's metaphorically through our character and our integrity being built up every day. And if I try to do better, if I try to do better, if I try to do better, and I don't realize that it's only through him, his goodness, his replenishing, his grace that causes me to be able to stand. It is not my righteousness. It is his righteousness that I seek first. Then I'll get frustrated in the process because I'll start looking going, Jesus, I've done all this stuff that you asked me to do, and I still feel stuck. I still feel just the same as I did months ago. I actually feel worse because I feel like I'm going backwards. Because how many of y'all know if Jesus has called you to something great, if God's hand is on your life, and if you begin to be called out or called up or called whatever it is that you're called to, the enemy's going to attack on that level and then some. Because he never attacks you where you are. He always attacks you where you're going. He does not want you to fulfill your purpose in Christ Jesus. He wants to make sure you are comfortable and content right where you are so you don't ever have to worry about what God's purpose is actually in you. So that's why most of us aren't willing to walk in it. That's why most of us look around and go, this is uncomfortable. And that's why when the, when the difficulty comes, most of us feel torn apart. Because 1 Peter says that I'm a living stone. And whenever someone comes against me, the easiest thing to do is to be a rock all by myself. And we say things like this, y'all. Nobody understands what I'm going through. Come on. Are y'all awake? Nobody understands what I'm going through. I'm the only one facing this battle. They would never get it if they knew what I was doing. And here's the funny thing. It's not funny. It's ironic. There's someone in this room that could absolutely understand what we're going through. We just are too embarrassed to let it out. And if I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about me. Because it's the truth. 
And so the reason that I'm excited today is I believe this is how God designed us. God did not make you or myself to be on an island all by ourselves. We are communal beings. We are made to attach to one another. That does not mean I have to tell everyone that I'm attached to everything in my life. That is called foolishness. But it does mean that I'm meant to run with people and not be a one-man band. Excuse me. If we believe that God said, you know what? You're Mark, so it's a little bit extra awesomeness. So you just do it all by yourself and hope that the people recognize how awesome you are. I've made this whole new belief system up that is psycho. That is not how God made me, nor is it how he made you. He made us to do life together. Everybody say together. together. Say it loud. Say together. together. And the title of today's message is The Room. It's where life happens. It's where life happens together. The word dwell in the original language, the, the Bible language, the word dwell means the place where the family is established. It's where we do life together. It's where we hang out together. And it is also, metaphorically, biblically, it's where the Spirit of God reigns. The Bible says where two or more are gathered together, there I am also. That does not mean God is not with you when you're by yourself, but it does mean something supernaturally different happens when we're together. Everybody say together. And so if that's the case, and maybe y'all will know this, I've done 50-something weddings, and at the end of, all, I think at the end of everyone, but at the end of almost everyone, we say, what, jo- what God has joined, I'm going to let y'all help me, what God has joined, yeah. one more time, what God has joined, yeah. let no one separate. So we, we declare this publicly as pastors and as people, and we read the verses that say that. But we don't have a a sense or an awareness that in your home, in your life, in your person, the enemy is trying to, to, to pull you apart faster than anything else. He's trying to separate you. And really, he doesn't just want to separate you. Listen to me. He wants to cause you to do some separating. Meaning, he wants your mouth to begin to talk nasty about people. Because it does not matter if you were supposed to be connected with them at all. It's never right to be harsh. It's never right to be hateful. It's never right to get back in the car when Lee and I have been somewhere with some people and immediately we just start getting negative and start talking about those people. But we've all been there, haven't we? We're allowed to be honest in this church. Have we all been there? Y'all are all lying if y'all don't say yes. Come on now. We've all been there. Because it is difficult not to immediately go, ugh. If I had to spend one more second with them people. (laughs) When I think about the room, when I think about the room, I think about my days as a coach. I got to coach for nine seasons, and um, it's some of my fondest memories. Actually, this past week, we did an alumni game where I coached. And so um, all the old players came in. I coached on Tuesday night. It was brilliant coaching. Y'all just try not to hurt anybody and don't hurt each other, right? <laughs> Roll the balls out. Y'all go for it. But it was great memories because it's, it's what I spent basically my 20s doing. I did it both as a job teaching school and then coaching basketball. And I have so many memories, y'all. I have memories of road trips. I have memories of, um, man, I could talk to y'all for the next five hours about some of the stories and memories. 
And I have three state championship rings in my office in there. And it's great memories. You know, I, I, I thought about this this morning. I can't even find the medallions that went with the state championship rings. I have no idea where they went. I had a little piece of the rope that we cut down after you win with it. I don't know where those are. I'm, they're somewhere. They're in some box somewhere. But seven, eight, nine years later, they don't really mean as much anymore. I don't care. I literally never wear those rings. I pull them out. And I'm, I use them as a, like, illustration sometimes or whatever, but that's about the extent of it. I don't walk around with these big, huge rings going, hey, look at me. I'm the guy that's going to sell you the timeshare. No, sorry, that was inappropriate. <laughs> but that's not what I miss about coaching. And I had a great time the other day during the game, but listen to me. Even the game wasn't what I miss about coaching. Can I tell you what I miss? Y'all say this. Say it loud. Say it again. I miss the room. I miss the brotherhood. I miss what we did together. I miss laughing together and crying together and spending time together and loving each other. And it's just something different. There's a bond. There's a uniqueness to a locker room that takes place that is unbelievable. You share things together that you would never in your wildest dreams believe you were going to share with each other. And you look at each other and go, why did I tell you that? In that voice. <laughs> and, it, and it like... A cohesiveness takes place. I can tell you all the best team that we ever had did not win a championship. And it was probably the most divided team we ever had. It was talented. Woo! Talented. But the three straight championships that we won, we beat teams that we had. I mean, like, when the bus dropped us off and dropped the other team off, they looked and people started laughing. I'm not making this up. And we got off and we were like, y'all don't know what's about to happen. Because we're coming in one unit. We're coming together. Our hearts are sealed together. We had such different personality types. We had different races. We had different backgrounds. We had poor and rich. We had everything together. But in the room, y'all, none of that mattered. None of it mattered. We just loved each other. And we were for one purpose, with one heart, and we beat together, and we ran together. And in that season, we accomplished all of our goals and to this day, when I see those boys, it's like, it's like we were never apart. It's crazy, the brotherhood that was formed. Listen to me. I believe that that is how the church, capital C, I'm not talking about just four points. I'm talking about around the globe. It's supposed to exist. I do not think that the, the great things of God, and I'm going to say some stuff that may offend you and I love you, but it's just the truth. I do not think the greatest things in your life, the greatest life change you'll ever experience will happen because a man is speaking into a microphone. Because here's the truth. I cannot fix your marriage in 30 minutes. I cannot. I can't fix anything. I'm trying to, I'm trying to make sure mine's fixed. Come on, somebody. But I know that if I can spend time in the room, if I can find a brotherhood, and I don't mean that specifically to a gender, I mean that my own family can spend time together loving each other, bonded together. Because the memories that I have as a child is not all the great toys that I had. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? The memories that I have as a child is when we spent time together. I remember when our power went out, when it snowed a ton in 1989, I believe it was. And I remember we, we only had three channels anyway and didn't have cell phones and iPads and all that back in the day. But we still had, to, we had distractions. There was no distractions. We had board games. We had a fire. We, had, we got the sled and do all that mess during the day. But we had 
togetherness. We had time. We had stories. We had each other. And now it's so difficult to get the whole family to sit around the table. You got to bribe them just to sit around the table and not look at their tablets. Am I talking to anybody in the room? I do not think tablets are bad. My kids have them, so I'm not, I'm not suggesting that no one should have a cell phone. I'm saying that the hardest thing to do is get everybody to sit down and spend time together. And we blame it on busy. We're just so busy. We're just so busy. We're just so busy. Let me promise you something about busy. busy. I'm going to say it that way. Let me promise you something. Whatever you want to do, you're doing it. The thing that you value, you're spending time and money on right this second. We just don't value each other. But we're mad that our lives are breaking apart and we feel alone and that nobody understands us. And y'all, I think that's one of the enemy's greatest weapons today. I think he's got plenty of arrows that he's trying to shoot our way. But you know what? We'll tear ourselves apart as long as he can keep us broken apart. I want y'all to see one of the simplest chapters in all of the Bible is Psalm 133. It's three verses. I think it is power-packed with information, y'all, that will change our lives if we'll let it. Change our lives. Psalm 133, starting in verse 1. Remember, this is about the room. This is about God designing us to do this together, not just in a building, but at your homes, at your workplaces, everywhere you live, work, and play. People should experience God's grace and goodness. I'm going to talk some more about that in a second. It says, behold. Everybody say, behold. behold. That's like, hello, let me have your attention, right? How good and pleasant, good and pleasant. He could have just said, it's awesome. But he had to say it's good and pleasant it is when brothers, and by the way, this word is not gender specific, excuse me. It means brothers and sisters. It means us. It means the followers of Jesus. In today's context, it means how good and pleasant it is when we dwell, dwell in unity. That we realize that we can look at each other. Even though we have some crazy family members, come on somebody, that we look at each other as a family that this is a household of faith and that it's your home. It is a family, even your kids that get on your last nerves. Why y'all quiet? <laughs> I want y'all to see this. This is crazy. Good and pleasant. I never knew this, what these words mean in the original language. The word good is an, a fragrant aroma, a nice smell. See, when I think of good, I know I'm really smart, so y'all just stay with me. When I think of good, I think it means good. I had no idea that it means, ooh, I like that. Y'all walked into places and done that before, right? You're more apt to buy something if you walk into a store and you like how it smells. And if it smells bad, what do we do? Why y'all quiet? What do we do when, it's, when it smells bad? Let me give you some examples. Y'all ever been on a road trip and you need to pee so bad Come on, somebody. Y'all are, I mean, you are just like, if we don't stop soon, and you start arguing with your spouse and all that stuff, and you get inside, and it doesn't matter if it's the Circle K or Buster Rhymes, you're going to stop right at the place. And you walk in, and something has died in the bathroom. <laughs> this is what y'all do. This is what I've done. 
Oh, I got to go. Oh, no, that ain't going to happen in here. And it don't matter if you got to go to another exit, if it's, mel- if, it's, if it's rough enough in the place. And everything looks janked up and all jank- And we just look around and go, why did we stop here? And then we get into an argument and it's all crazy, right? We've been there. The reason that the QT, the reason you'll spend more money at the QT than other places is it's, the atmosphere is better, right? Because the Coke ain't cheaper. Y'all better talk to me. It's 30 cents more for a large drink. But they're nice. (laughs) Ladies, are y'all more prone, y'all talk, to go to Walmart or Target? I heard some of y'all, y'all are after my own heart because it's cheaper. But Target doesn't have better goods for the most part. Some of y'all are like, yes, they do. (laughs) It smells and sounds better in there. Here's something that sounds better. My pleasure. Because I'm just telling y'all, I don't think Chick-fil-A is that good. Some of y'all just thought that I lost my salvation when I said that. <laughs> Bill's leaving. He's out. He, he ain't going to stay for that. I don't, I really don't. I mean, I'm okay with it. My kids will eat at that place every day. But there's a pleasant sound to my pleasure. <laughs> and I do the same thing every time. And you can go anywhere in the world and they've created an atmosphere, a culture that is nice. I don't know what you just said, but that was crazy. All right, here we go. So listen, here's the difference. Here's the difference. Here's the difference. We went last week to a restaurant. I'm not going to call it out because it's hateful. It took 23, 23 minutes to get my fast food last Sunday night. And there was five people in the whole place. Five. There was three people working. One of them had a cane, couldn't even walk. And she was running it. And I'm looking going, there wasn't any good music going. It was just the sound of the kitchen in there. And I'm going, did we, whose idea was this? It was mine. So I can ask that question. What is happening right now? And listen, just in these things, you knew that it wasn't going to be a good experience. Listen, do not miss this. Do not miss this. The experience is oftentimes ruined because what we put off puts people off. Oh, sure, we'll stand on the side of the road and say, Jesus is the way. Repent or you're going to die and go to hell. But it's interesting to me that that's not how Jesus said to do it. This is how Jesus said to do it. He said, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. He said, by this. Everybody say, by this. this. Not by how good you can talk politics and tell them how bad their politics is. Did y'all notice that? Not by how smart you are or how many Bible verses you know. Not by how much you know more than they know and that they're wrong, how they believe, and you, you, you can tell them how right that they are and you are and all this and that and the other, and you're just smarter than everybody. He didn't name anything but this one thing. 
He said, by this, all people will know that you're my disciples, my followers, the people that have decided to give your life to me. And then as a result, show the world that I'm the way if you love one another. So what's the smell and the sound that we can sound like Jesus and smell? The Bible says that we should taste and see that the Lord is good. So let me promise you something. I got some family members. I just laugh at them. I don't even try to correct them. I just go, praise God. You're right on your politics, right? They sh- I watch one of my, it's, it's, I'm married, it's through marriage, so I can say, like, <laughs> y'all get it later. Hopefully they won't watch. They shared 30, listen to me, listen, there's only 24 hours in a day. You should not be on Facebook every second of the day or whatever else that y'all are on. Old people get on Facebook. 30 posts about our president. This is what I want to ask them, so I'm going to ask y'all instead. Whose mind do you think you're changing? If they were Republican before, they're still a Republican. If they were a Democrat before, you sharing a post did not change it. And it dang sure doesn't do this. I'm just like, good job. You love Trump. I'm happy for you. Nobody cares. Actually, I find this really interesting, y'all. I've told y'all this recently, but I've talked to people who have told me that whenever, and these are lost people that don't know anything about Jesus, never heard about Jesus, and the only thing that they know about Jesus, don't miss this, is us. They're surprised every time we're nice to them. Why? Because I have deep convictions about some things are right and some things are wrong. But when I'm boycotting the people instead of the principle, I'm telling them you suck. And I don't like you, but hopefully that Jesus dude can come rescue you out of your mess. Listen to me. That is harsh. That doesn't sound good. That doesn't taste good. And it sure don't, it sure don't smell good. And everybody that experiences this, and I'm telling you, this is what the world thinks about the Capital C Church. And as a result, in the room. They think we're just mean and we're talking about them all day today, all around the world. That's got to change. I don't care what you vote for. I don't care what you believe about politics and about all these other things. I care, do you have a relationship with Jesus? And do you know that God deeply loves you? Do you know that I can hug you no matter what side you voted on a couple weeks ago? Do you know that I can love you no matter what color you are? Do you you know that I can hug your neck no matter what background you have, if you're rich or poor? Do you know that none of that matters? Because the world doesn't know it. The world makes us segregate the room. It's the most divided place in America today is the church. Because the reality is we come in with agenda and not with a heart that's seeking first the kingdom and his righteousness. And it's, and it's terrible. Because as God has built us to be, it's good and pleasant, y'all, is what it says. To be tied together, united, unified together. The enemy just wants to separate you know what we would argue? Yeah, but I'm right. But my argument was right. 
but they didn't vote right, but they didn't sound right. And I would just say this, yeah, but they're falling apart and you're more worried about getting that right than their hearts being right with God. And it's crushing their soul and we could care less because we're so angry. We can't understand why. And the why is I let it seep in my own. Listen to me carefully. Don't miss this. I'm not talking about y'all right now. I let it seep in my soul. You know who it affects most directly? It's not y'all. It's that lady right there. My bride. You know why marriages break up? Can I just break the lie? Communication's the biggest problem in marriages, pastor. Money's the biggest problem in marriages, pastor. Sex is the biggest problem in marriage, pastor. Nope. Disunity. Letting the enemy tear apart what God intended to be together. Who cares who's right? Who cares? I want y'all to see the, the things that the Bible says it's like. This is so fascinating. He gives two pictures. We love pictures, right? We're picture people. We love pictures. He said, it's like the precious oil on the head that flows down the beard. It says the beard of Aaron. He's the high priest. It says it flows down the beard. And as a picture, this is the church, capital C. Jesus is our true high priest. The oil comes from him. And it reaches to everybody. Now, let me tell you what the oil did. The oil was a healing mechanism. It was a healing thing. It was not just to be like smell weird and look weird. Because if I came and poured oil on you right now, right? Aaron's looking at me like, please don't pour oil on me right now. If I just came and I had a big flask of oil and I just started pouring it on y'all, y'all be like, ooh, what's he doing? He's crazy, right? But back then, they knew that it did something different. And then spiritually, it was even more powerful because it acted as a healing agent to sheep. And David, throughout the Psalms, talked about being a shepherd and what happened with sheep. Well, the Bible says, I'm like a sheep and you're like a sheep. And we all, like sheep, have gone astray. We've wandered off. We've been hurt. We've, we've not known where to go. But as a sheep who's wandered off, what the oil does in unity, locking arms with other followers of Jesus, not having to be right, but choosing to be one of the living stones, Doing life together, not believing the lie of the enemy that I'm the only one going through what I'm going through. That his goodness begins to pour out because the oil represents most of the time in the Bible. It's a picture of the Holy Spirit and it is also the anointing, meaning it's him setting apart you for what he's called you to be, for what he's called you to do. Because listen to me, even though we're supposed to be tied together as a house, as a family, doing life together in circles, in your small groups, in, in the way that you do this thing. Each one of you, look this way, each one of you have a unique and specific duty and calling as a follower of Jesus. When I try to do it on my own or outside of being joined with who God's called me to be joined with, and I say, forget that, I'm doing this thing on my own, I'm a one-man band. I believe that it's like the precious oil goes away. That God is never limited in how much oil he can pour, but it has to be a vessel that is clean and close to him. And, and I am not capable of being close to God when I am separated from who God's called me to be tied to. And the reality is, the difficulty is, 
Most of us have felt so alone and broken in our lives that we believe God's goodness, his anointing. This simply means in the original language, a supernatural enablement that can only happen through God. That I'm not able to do certain things, but he is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than I can ask or think. And when the oil starts pouring over in my life, I'm able to do more in five minutes than I could in five lifetimes. But I cannot do it on my own. God is not proud of me for preaching. God desires that I have agreement with my bride and agreement with those he's called me to be tied to. And you in this house should be tied together. Not with every single person, but with people that you're running with. Because it is like the precious oil that flows. Now, I need y'all to know something about the oil before I move on. The oil is not all sweet. Did y'all know this? Y'all didn't say a thing, so I guess that means no. Did y'all know the oil is not just a sweet smell? You can say yes if you knew. One of the parts of the anointing oil was myrrh. It is extremely bitter. It was used as embalming fluid. Embalming fluid. Can I tell you what that means? It means, this is going to be hard, but I got to say it. I don't know why, but it's this service. In myrrh, that means some of the things that you used to be tied to need to die and need to be buried in Christ Jesus. Because if you stay tied, if you stay hitched, if you stay holding on to your past of what God has tried to heal you from, you can't get the fullness of what he's put on you. And some of y'all, that's, that's been happening and you're frustrated. You don't understand why you can't be tied to your husband, but it's because you've not let go of your past husband. God is not angry with you for having a previous marriage, but you've got to let it go. You've got to forgive them in Christ Jesus, and you've got to be reattached. Only can happen through the grace of Jesus Christ, but it can happen, and it can be good. But you've got to let him heal you in those broken places that you've stayed tied to. Only the precious oil of the Lord Jesus can heal your broken places. And only the goodness of God can make all things new. Look at this. First thing we need is the oil. And the next thing is it is like the dew. Everybody say dew. Say it loud. Say dew. dew. Of Hermon, Mount Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. Let me tell you what that means. Mount Hermon is the tallest mountain in all of Israel. It's in the northernmost part. So if you see Israel on the map, it's on the very top. Where, where Syria on Syria's on this side and Lebanon's on this side. I was doing it backwards because I was pointing. Syria's on the right when you're looking at the map and Lebanon's on the left. And at the very top, both of those, the mountain actually touches those two countries as well. He said, it's like what happens on the top of that mountain and what rushes down to reach all the dry, broken places in your life. Listen to me, do not miss this. The Bible says that you were made from the dust of the ground. The dust, everybody say dust. The dust of the ground. But he says, I'm the potter and you're the clay. I'm the potter, you're the clay. In Israel, six months out of the year, it does not rain. So, so we're going to stay dusty and dried up in our lives for seasons. There will be seasons of your life that are very dry. Listen, you're not by yourself in those seasons. We all have dry seasons. We all have seasons that we look and say, God, are you even there? 
It's not the great, powerful, huge days and this move and we feel good and it feels great that gets us through those days. It's the do. It's the do in our lives that gets us through those days. But this do isn't regular do. This do is a, is a it, it's got to, I don't know if there's another place on the planet that do is like this. But in those dry seasons, the dew is so heavy on Mount Hermon that it actually causes the trees to bend over and the leaves will actually start dripping. And these channels start down this mountain, down Mount Hermon. These channels start and it rushes down the mountain and it ends up getting to the Jordan River. The Jordan River is the, it, it, it literally symbolizes where Jesus was baptized. It's where the Israelites crossed to get into the promised land. The word means new beginnings. It symbolizes what can be new only in Christ Jesus. That river would dry up. Listen, don't miss this. It would dry up every year if it weren't for the, the dew on Mount Hermon. It would dry up every single year. There would be no river left. I believe some of you have been so dried up in your life that you feel like you as a living stone is just cracking apart. You don't know what's going to happen. You feel like if you got dropped, you would crack and never be able to be put back together. You are so deeply wounded. God wants to take and mold you into the exact replica of his nature. You will never be perfect, but you can be like him because he made you to be an image bearer of him. But it can only happen by washing of the water and the word. This is the picture of that. That what I'm supposed to be as a husband to present my bride holy and splendor, perfect, in God's eyes. That is what he wants to do to you. But if you don't let him and you don't say, I'm not going to prefer preferences. I'm not going to get mad at things. I'm going to look and think the best of people in my life. And even when they treat me poorly, I'm going to show grace and I'm going to be tied to my family and I'm going to be tied to the people. And I will not talk bad about them, but I will be unified in Christ Jesus. I will be tied together because what God put together, family, in your home, nothing is worth your home falling apart, but the enemy will bring anything against you and you'll be right but you'll crack apart yourself. And you'll look around and go, but I didn't have the, I didn't do the. And you'll be so crushed in your spirit because you feel like you're all alone. It doesn't have to be that way anymore. And the only thing that you have to do, the only thing you have to do, because the past is the past you can't change yesterday, but you can look to Jesus today and he will bring people around you as a communal being, as a being that needs people in my life. I'm not made to carry this burden on my own. I'm made to tie to other living stones being built up in Christ Jesus little by little, precept by precept, line by line, together, together, together in the room because it's the do that will get me through and it's the oil that gives me enablement to do more than I could ask or think. But it's all for his glory. It's all for his grace. It's all so that we make much of Jesus in our lives, not so you get your way, not so Mark gets his way. I've thought about this this week. How many times have I been overwhelmed in my life and I had anything to do with heaven? Can I say that again? 
It had anything to do with showing people that their destinies, if they trust Christ, is to bring heaven's atmosphere to hear that it's a sweet sound and a sweet smell. And that ultimately when I die, I actually get to go home and live with y'all and everybody forever. Most of the time what I'm overwhelmed with is I didn't get my way not showing people that Jesus is the way. And I miss this. Look at what this says, the end of this verse. That, this place, in the room, when, we're, when we have harmony, that does not mean you won't disagree. There are bitter days to make the oil. There are bitter seasons in your life. There are things that you'll never thought you'd have to face, but that's not God turning his back on you. And that's not always people being mean to you. If somebody loves you, they'll tell you the truth and it hurts to your face. Because most of the time we're like, I can't tell them because it'll hurt their feelings. That means you don't have a room. He says this, this place right here, the Lord has commanded. Somebody say commanded. Say it loud and proud. Say commanded. This is not an opportunity This is not possibly. He commands the blessing life forevermore. If y'all remember last week's message, the the thief came to steal, to kill, and destroy. God said, you're robbing me. I want to pour down heaven's blessing on you. And most of us feel so broken up in our lives that we're like, I might bring a tithe to the storehouse today. I'll bring my first fruits but I feel so broken up that what does it even matter? And we can't come and enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Why? Because it's nearly impossible if we're not unified. Because we've let personal preference rob God and rob us of what this thing is supposed to be like. And we've got to realize that life evermore, surely the goodness and mercies will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. I do not believe that just means heaven. I believe that means here and now, which does not mean life is easy. It just means the goodness of God will be with me no matter what hell comes against me. Because the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy, but he came that we might have, say it loud, and life more abundantly. God's plan for your life is not to keep you from all suffering. That is a lie. You will go through some difficult times. As a matter of fact, count it pure joy when you face trials and tribulations of many kind. Why? James said, because the testing of my faith produces perseverance that I may mature in Christ Jesus and walk it out in him. Because whatever God has called you to, if you pray this prayer, God, whatever you have, I want. You can promise it comes with a price. You can promise every time his goodness, his oil starts flowing on your life and favor starts showing up that it comes with a price because the enemy will try to sever everything about you. He will try to break you apart. He will try to whisper lies in your ear. You'll never be good enough. You know what you did when you were a kid. You know what you did last week. You know you're just a sinner. Stop believing the lies. Stop. I'm preaching to me if I'm not talking to y'all today. Because why? This thing is not on me. The only thing that God expects of me is just to be a man of faith that walks with my family and that does exactly what he's called me to do. And listen, that is exactly what he asks of you. We are no different in that. Zero difference. 
But as long as I let things break me apart, I let opinions break me apart, I let personal preferences break me apart, then it is not the souls and lives of human beings all around the world that God has called us to, to, to let them taste and see that the Lord is good, to be the salt and light, to be a city set on a hill that can't be hidden. I won't be that. We'll be a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal is what 1 Corinthians 13 says. Because without love, we are nothing. If our love is not rooted and founded only in Christ Jesus, we're spinning our wheels like a hamster, wondering why we're not making a difference. You can volunteer at every volunteer rally that you want to all around the world. You can go on every mission trip, but until Jesus is the center of your life and until unity is how you walk, I can't get Romans 12 off my mind this morning. It says, if possible, when it comes to you, live peaceably, verse 18. Live peaceably. That does not mean if someone is attacking you. It does not mean if someone is attacking you, you should let them shoot you. It means when it comes to how I feel, how I live my life, how I conduct my life, Christ should be the center. And if he is not, my preferences have won. Jesus came not just to die so that you could gain heaven and get out of hell free card. Praise God that that is the truth, that we don't have to go to hell and we get a, a home in heaven. But he also came that you can have life right now and live it to the fullest. What is the fullest life? It is exactly what he's called you to be. It is obeying him with reckless abandon and saying it doesn't matter what anybody thinks. I'm following Jesus and I'm taking people with me. And those people that I thought would never have a hope in, in heaven and a home that God has prepared for them, they're going to see the goodness of God. They're going to taste and see that he is good. They're going to hear the sweet sound of Jesus. And not just me talk about it and live a lifestyle different than that. You have an amazing plan that God put on your life. Don't you ever believe that that is not true. I need some people in this room to believe it, to let it sink deep. And some of you, that means you need to come to God for the very first time and say, I can only get to you through Jesus, so I trust you as my Lord. I give you my life. And some of you, that means you need to come back to Jesus because you've wandered in the far country, but your heavenly Father waits there with his arms open wide saying, welcome home. Welcome home, son or daughter. Welcome home. We've got prayer team that would love to pray with you if that's you, when we sing this song, will you come? Will you just say, I need help, I feel broken? You can let this be your altar, but don't you stay broken. We do life together in this place. Y'all pray with me. God, I'm thankful that in the room, exchange happens. In the room, life changes because your presence is here. God, we get to come to you boldly where we receive mercy and find favor in our time of need. We thank you because we're fearfully and wonderfully made by an, a God that is so good. You are so good, Lord. Before the foundations of the world, you knew everything about us. And even in all of our mess, you still loved us. So God, today we choose to lock arms together in our room and say we will follow you. It is through unity that you command the blessing. And God, that's what we desire, to live under an open heaven and watch you pour down your goodness and grace so that many can know that you're the only way. We love you, Jesus. You are 
so worthy of all of our praise. In your name, amen. Y'all stand and sing with us.